right. Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests, at least not yet. My name <laughs> is Trey Sticky Fingers Jose, uh, aka Early Victory Lap All Day. I am joined today by Tyler Big Irby Erbach. How you doing, man? Very, very good. Ended my month off strong at work, so we're partying tonight. Hell yeah. If you haven't noticed by now, all three of us are in sales. And uh, it's all about them sales, baby. And by the third person, I mean Jimbo James Dreer. He's not with us today, but he should be with us um, at this point, hopefully next week. He's been traveling a lot, and he lost his microphone. So hopefully he can find that. Man, what an amateur. Losing your mic. It's like the one thing you need to do this job. Yeah, (laughs) the one piece of equipment we need. But uh, yeah, so anyways, on this episode, we're, we're going to be talking about the early games, going into every single game, diving deep like we usually do, talking about players that we would like to you know, start or sit in every single matchup. And before we dive into that, we uh, hope that you follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers, interact with us on there, send us a DM if you got lineup questions, things like that. Really anything fantasy football related, we are more than willing to reply and help you out and if hey, you haven't already it? oh yeah if you want to say what's up say what's up say what's up and ask us a question <laughs> <laughs> yeah you could you could also just say what's up um yeah we would definitely appreciate that and also like and subscribe wherever you listen to us right now you know apple podcast spotify whatever platform you're listening to right now make sure you like and subscribe and i think that covers all the basic bases that lead us into the episode right Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, yeah, obviously we're talking about the early games, which means Thursday night football and the Sunday morning games, depending on where you live, you know, 10 o'clock or 1 o'clock on the east side. Yeah, or 1 on the east coast. Shout out to the east coast, even though it's west side, till we die. (laughs) But... (laughs) 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 So, yeah, um, before we talk about the games, you know, the two teams on by this week are going to be the Arizona Cardinals and the Carolina Panthers. Really, the Cardinals are probably going to impact your fantasy team more than anything. But keep in mind, those teams are not playing this week. Let's talk about the first game, Thursday night football. It's going to be the Bills playing in New England against the Patriots. Good old Northeastern, probably snowy, shitty weather game. Probably. The Bills are. Probably. If it's anything like that, it snowed freaking four or five inches today here in the Northwest. So the Northeast tends to follow suit. But anyways, enough of the weather. The Bills are four-point favorites. The over-under is 43.5 points. Really the biggest uh, thing you want to watch in this matchup is if Josh Allen is going to play. He did practice for the first time in full since suffering his elbow injury on his throwing arm. He hasn't missed any gains with it, but it should be pretty reaffirming to see him without the uh, the injury designation. Yeah. yeah, so I got nothing to go on that. It's just that's just some straight news. <laughs> yeah, just, just <laughs> straight up news. So yeah, hopefully he'll be good. I mean, he's gonna play no matter what, but it'd be nice to see him be fully healthy. Um, let's talk about his receivers though. Gabe Davis has only scored double digit points once in the last five games, and last week he had half the targets that Isaiah McKenzie had. This is a weird wide receiver core to approach. Obviously, Stefan Diggs is a must start every week, and we talked about it for a lot maybe like the first eight weeks of the season that the third wide receiver on this offense tends to get a touchdown 
Things have changed, though. So how do we feel about these two guys? Um, Honestly, I think now, like, it was hard to sit Gabe Davis because this is such an explosive offense. But in the last few weeks, when you have the injury to Josh Allen and the team started to run the ball a little more with Devin Singletary in the backfield, um, you've seen Gabe Davis not have as much of an impact on the field. And so I think right now you need to start to play the matchups with him. And this is not a good matchup. The Patriots have a very good defense, you know, as usual. It seems like they start off the year a little slow, but they've really kind of honed it, honed and brought it together as the season's come along. I mean, right now they're giving up the fifth least amount of points to receivers on the board. They're giving up the second least amount of points to uh, running backs. They're in the top half of the league when it comes to quarterbacks. The only spot where they're kind of weak is against tight ends. So they're just good basically across the board. And so right now I think that Gabe Davis needs to be on your on your bench. And same goes with Isaiah McKenzie. Yep, I agree. I've actually been benching Gabe Davis the last couple of weeks just because the, the inconsistency drives me crazy. And if you listen to this podcast, you know I love consistency. I can't stand you know, not <laughs> trusting who I'm throwing out there. So I think that pretty much wraps up the Bills side of the ball. I mean, what about the running back situation? They they are running the ball more, so they are Devin Singletary still I mean, Devin Singletary is not putting up a ton of points. He's had a he has, gets a good game here or there. Um, but on a consistency basis, even in the last few weeks, he's still more hovering around like eight points. Like he had eight points, six points, and he had two good games back to back, 14 and 16 points, and then back to eight. So it's just hard to see how it's going to go. It seems like that's kind of his floor, but he also has a low ceiling. So it's really going to be hard for him to, you know, bump that up and, and give you really solidified points. So he is the RB22 on the season. So obviously that makes him a low-end RB2 or a decent flex play. I just don't love it. I feel like if I'm having him in my flex, I would probably have a receiver I'd rather throw in there over Devin Singletary. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. And just to round out the Bills game, I mean, Dawson Knox, he did have you know a nice little streak going, but last week only two targets, two receptions. He is playing a good amount of snaps, but we got to wait until Josh Allen's fully healthy to trust him again, right? I mean, we couldn't really trust Dawson Knox most of the the season. Last year, he was a fantasy darling because he scored so many touchdowns. But if you looked at his overall production, it wasn't there. He's just scoring a lot in the red zone. And this year, that same production we saw last year is still there from him, but he's not getting in the end zone like he was. And so it's the definition of being extremely touchdown dependent. And I know that's a lot of times the case uh, in the tight end position. But I feel like there's other guys that are touchdown dependent that still give you a little more production than what Dawson Knox is giving you. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, definitely touchdown dependent, and there's definitely better options. Let's talk about the Patriots then. I mean, outside of Ramondre Stevenson, who's obviously taken over this backfield, is there anyone we're considering? Mac Jones did have a really good game last week, uh, his best game of the season, maybe of his career so far, you know, 380 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, but, but I mean, can we it's one count thing. on anything? And uh, I just, I don't think you really can. I mean, it's it's one game, and he's a young quarterback, but it's just, I mean, yeah, no. He's he's QB 30 on the season, for God's sakes. I know he missed some games, but even then, like, on a, you know, week-to-week basis, he's only averaging about, what, maybe 13, 12 points a game without doing the math. Um, mm-hmm. It's just not there. Yeah, I totally agree. That's a 
If you're feeling frisky, maybe. But yeah, that's a total risk right there. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. Especially especially against the Bills defense, too. Even though they've slid a little bit in recent weeks as well, they're still a really stingy defense. Yeah, that's a good point. And to kind of drive home the fact that Ramondre Stevenson is the only person that's startable on this offense, Damian Harris is ruled out again. So, I mean, it's Ramondre Stevenson or bust for the Patriots right now. Oh, is he officially ruled out already? Yeah, already ruled out. Yep. Dang. Yeah, that's that was quick. Yeah, real quick. And Ramondre is going to, I mean, he might creep into our starts of the week. Who knows? The Bills are a good defense. Yeah, who knows? We'll see what happens. Good candidate, though. So let's talk about the next game. Tennessee Titans are going to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Another Northeastern game here. The Eagles are five-point favorites. Overrunners, 44.5 points. The Titans, as much should have we been talking about their passing offense all season. <laughs> They've been doing pretty good lately. And, you know, in the in that stretch, Traylon Burks seems like he's doing pretty good. Ryan Tannehill is kind of creeping into the conversation for being a streaming option. So how do you feel about him? I'm sorry, who are they playing? Playing the Eagles, one of the best defenses in the league. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and give that a very strong and resounding no. Don't touch either one of these guys this week. It ain't worth it. I mean, in all reality, with with the bye weeks that are going on this week, you're only trying to replace Kyler Murray. So exactly. You can probably find someone better than Ryan Tannehill. Is what and, I would and, hope. But if and even uh, on the receiver, even on the receiving side, the only guy you're really trying to replace would be DeAndre Hopkins, which you probably didn't draft to like the ninth or tenth round because he was, you know, suspended the first eight games of the season. So you're probably good to go in both aspects. Shout out to DeAndre Hopkins just coming in and fucking killing it. Well worth the wait if you drafted him late in the rounds. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the Eagles side of the ball then. Devonta Smith. Per usual, as it has been all season, very hard to predict. And this is kind of surprising. He is the wide receiver 25 on the year, even with his inconsistencies. So that does put him in at least the flex conversation, right? Yeah, I mean, he has to be. It's really, I mean, he's one of those guys that, like, I think at one point early in the year, I was like, is he, is he the new Mike Williams? And I think there's some merit to that where you see these big, big games and absolute duds the following week, and it's so hard to predict the way that's going to go. So you do have to kind of play the matchups here and pray that, ha- that you know, he actually does what you hope he's going to do. This week in Tennessee, it is a very good matchup. Um, Tennessee is very strong against the running game, which obviously we know is Philly's strong point, but they're extremely weak against wide receivers. So I think this week you can feel pretty safe at throwing Devontae Smith into your flex. I mean, he does have 26 targets in the last three weeks. But he is dealing with a groin issue, a little injury going on there. He was limited. Uh, they they only had a walkthrough practice today, the Eagles, on Wednesday. But he is kind of tending a groin issue. So yeah, ah, he's all. Man. But he's dealt with injuries all year. He's he's dealt with knee and back issues this year. He hasn't missed a game yet, and so obviously that could be contributing to you know some of these like really poor outings for him. Um, but this year is just not not one working for him. I, mean, I think he hurt the knee pretty early in the season and has played through it, but it's one of those things like once you get one little nagging injury, you start to overcompensate and then the other little nagging injuries kind of come into play. I think that's kind of what's happening with Devontae Smith this season. What a trooper, though. Keeps playing. Has not missed a game this season yeah. and is constantly on the injury report. Yeah, I mean, 
they got some tough guys. AJ Brown, did, I heard, heard about this um, after their game on Thanksgiving. Apparently, he was sick earlier in the week and was vomiting so badly that he blusted bl- uh, blood vessels in his eyeballs, and so he had like red spots in his eyes, like like where it looks like someone's like bl- their eyeballs bleeding, you know? Yeah. Throughout the game, and he played anyways. Just a bunch of tough SOBs in Philly. Hell yeah. Very fitting. <laughs> They're going to become fan favorites real quick, probably over there. Yeah. And it should be noted, obviously, you're starting A.J. Brown, but this is a bit of a, re- a revenge game for him um, with the Titans coming into town. Obviously, the Titans traded him away on draft night after he did kind of request this, so there's that to be held. And, uh, but he says he feels like he's winning the trade because he's in Philadelphia and they're, you know, in playoff contention and as good as Tennessee is playing right now. I don't know if anybody really considers them true contenders. Yeah, I don't think anyone really does. He's definitely winning that trade because he's going to play the playoffs and probably go deep into the playoffs with that team. Yep. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers going down to ATL. They're going to play the Falcons. The Steelers are one-point favorites. The over-unders 43 points. A lot of low, lower-end over-unders in, this, in these morning games so far. Yep. But on the Steelers' side of the ball, um, Najee Harris apparently had an, an abdominal injury last week during the game, but it's now being called an oblique injury. He did not practice today. And at the same time, his backup, Jalen Warren, was cleared to play on Sunday. So it looks like Jalen Warren is a nice cuff to have. Obviously, the waivers went through already, but if you can snag up Jalen Warren, you're probably in a good spot. Yeah, I mean, he is coming off the injury. I would throw out there as well that you might, if if Najee's out, that you might see a little bit of Benny Snell, you know, thrown in there as well because of how well he played on uh, on Monday night. But, um, yeah, Jalen Warren should be the guy you want to have in your lineup if Najee's out, especially against the Falcons. Yep, and it's going to be kind of a thing this episode when we're talking about guys with injuries. you got to monitor it as the week progresses. The Thursday practice is extremely important. You're going to be listening to this on Thursday, so... You know, once the afternoon comes around, check on these players. See what happened in practice. Maybe Najee makes an appearance on Thursday. Let's talk about the receiving side of the Steelers game. George Pickens has played five games since week seven, and he scored at least nine points in four of those games. Right now, he sits as a wide receiver 25 during that time frame uh, i don't really uh that's kind of confusing is he wide receiver 25 in the season or in the last no no in the last since week five in the five games he's played since week i'm sorry since week seven um since week seven george pickens is receiver 25 okay and it makes sorry sense. for you kind of weird <laughs> yeah that's why i wanted to clarify with you <laughs> so um if you haven't seen the steelers games obviously george pickens is definitely the guy moving forward for the steelers and he's making yeah. crazy catches he looks just amazing Definitely one of the best rookie receivers in the league right now. But how do you feel about him this week going up against the Falcons? I mean, the Falcons defense is just bad all around, um, to put it nicely. So um, I think the production he's been getting and the connection he has with Kenny Pickett, he's certainly worth putting into your flex this week. Um, And obviously for some people that might be a little tough, just depending on how how your team's constructed. But um, I like... Uh, I like George Pickens this week against against the Falcons. Yeah, me too. I think he's a real good play right now. He just continues to get better. Would you prefer, would you go George Pickens or Devontae Smith in your flex? 
Oh, man. George Pickens, I think. I think that's what I would go with. Got to go with the hot hand and uh, someone who's not dealing with a groin injury. That's that's a fair point. Yeah, you know, I think I'm leaning that way as well. It, it's close, though. I'm, I think it's very, very close. But, yeah, I think I'm going to lead, lead that way as well. I think it also helps that he is seems to be the clear kind of number one option in the past game, whereas Devontae Smith is clearly going to be behind A.J. Brown. Yeah, that's another good point to drive that home. So let's talk about the Falcons side of the ball. My boy, Marcus Mariota, who should be comeback player of the year uh, 13 weeks ago is what I was saying. That's not the case anymore. But he is playing decent football. Is he a good streaming option this week? He does a, have a pretty good matchup against the Steelers. They are giving up the seventh most points to quarterbacks right now. I'll just say it right now. I'd feel iffy about it, but if you're replacing Kyler Murray and you got him on bye week, I wouldn't feel bad about having Marcus Mariota in there. It's very hit or miss, but he does run the ball quite a bit. I mean, he's ran the ball 19 times in the last two weeks. Gets a steady amount of carries. I think he's averaging about uh, probably seven, eight carries a game. Right. And it's, it's good for quarterback, and that's what keeps his floor up there. So, I mean, when it comes to streaming options, a guy that's going to give you a good floor, it does, you know, it, that's the kind of guy you want to lean towards, not more of your boomer bust guy. So that's that's good. I think you can play him against Pittsburgh. Obviously, there's some concern because they don't throw the ball a lot. Um, but the running attack gives you that that ability um, of, you know, probably scoring you know, on the low end, you know, 15 points. But he also has the, the ability to get you more than 20. So I think he's a decent streaming option. You probably won't need to use him just because there are so few. You know, Kyler Murray's the only guy on by that you need to worry about. And there could be a better option even than Mariota on the waiver wire. But if there's not, I mean, Mariota, I think, should have a good game. Yeah, that those quarterbacks that run the ball definitely kind of save you. Give you a nice little decent floor. That's a good point. Let's talk about the running game. You know, they do have one of the best running games in the league right now. And it looks like Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier, they're pretty much 50-50 right now in every single game, it seems like, you know, Last week, they both finished with 11 carries. They're both vulturing each other. But, you know, that's the NFL these days. NFL by, or NFL, <laughs> running back committees constantly. It is, but, and, but they're kind of, you know, because they're both playing well and, getting, and splitting carries so evenly, they're basically pushing each other into fantasy irrelevance where neither one of them is going to have give you a good enough game where you want to have them in your lineup. And so I think at this point in the season, it's too hard to throw either one in into the lineup and feel confident. If I'm going to lean towards one person, it actually will be Cordell Patterson because he is getting some work in the past game where Algier really isn't. But mm-hmm. that would be, even though I still see them both as kind of low end flex plays. Yep. I totally agree with you. I like Cordell Patterson a little bit more and, you know, Tyler's Algier. He's not quite your Tyler yet. seems like you, you <laughs> did like him earlier in the season. But yeah, without that passing work, it, it kind of does edge him out of the conversation. It does. I mean, and he put in work when when Patterson was out. So, you know, he ha- he has the ability, but obviously they like Patterson. They brought him in for a reason. They paid him for a reason. And they're not going to just give the ball to a rookie when Patterson's, you know, still playing well. Oh, yeah. One of the hardest runners in the league, in my opinion. Love watching him when he's got the ball. So... In their first game without Kyle Pitts, it was, was that their first game without Kyle Pitts? I thought he was out two weeks ago. No. I, honestly, I thought that was that was too. But I had to double check in. Yeah, last week was the first game without him. 
Okay, yeah, so it was their first game this year without Kyle Pitts, and Alameda Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, God, I've heard it. <laughs> I've already forgot how they say it. I know it's Alameda. Yeah, it's a, we, we've settled on Alameda. Let's just call him Alameda. We'll, we'll figure out the last name later. Either way, the black guy with a Greek name, he stepped up in the biggest way. <laughs> Wait, Giannis? Uh, not, <laughs> wrong sport. Shout out to the Bucks, though. Um, he had eight targets. Alameda did, not Giannis. For you know, he had eight targets for five catches and ninety-one yards. Pretty solid game for him. Definitely one of the better ones in his career. Do we see him progressing further with this? With Kyle Pitts being out, is this a one-game one-off? Well, we've talked about it plenty of times, though. This passing game is so unpredictable. They don't throw the ball that much. Yeah, um, yeah. I I don't think you can rely on him. But hot take: Giannis Antetokounmpo would make a better tight end than Kyle Pitts. Okay, and uh, in obvious news today, thank you for that. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> he's like a nine foot wingspan. Of course, he would. I'm, I'm just saying, I want to throw it out there. Uh, but no, I, I don't think you can rely on Alamade to continue the streak. I, I mean, it was kind of funny that you know we asked last week like how we thought about this past game going forward with Kyle Pitts missing the game, and we were like, well, hopefully it opens up more for Drake London. But I even mentioned, I was like, watch Alamade Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus, whatever, be the one who actually is the biggest ben- benefactor of Kyle Pitts being out, and he happened to be in the first game. Do I see that? Yeah. Can I say that's going to continue to happen? No. But I mean, maybe his he has a better connection with Mariota than we than we expected. Any receiver that's getting eight targets is definitely worth a look. So yeah, I'm with you with on that one. Even though they only throw the ball fucking twenty twenty two times a game, something like that. Even that seems high. Yeah, it does. So yeah, I mean that, that pretty much wraps up that game, right? Should we move on to the next one? Let's get it. Okay. So the next game is going to be a nice little division rivalry. The Green Bay Packers are going down to Chicago. And they're playing the Bears, obviously. The Packers are four-point favorites. The over-under is only 43.5 points, another low over-under. Aaron Rodgers did say on the Pat McAfee show on Monday that the scans on his ribs were very positive, and he plans on playing in Week 13. All that's been reported about the scans is that he didn't puncture a lung. So I, I think he seems fine, right? Maybe he just got bruised ribs or something like that. Can you stream him versus the Bears this week? I would say probably no. He's been not good this year. I mean, I would say yes because he owns the Bears. So um, I think you probably can stream him. But the the rib injury worries me. I mean, we know what ribs can be like. It hurts to breathe. I mean, throwing the ball is going to be excruciating with every throw. So it's one of those things. It did come up. So one of the things I wanted to bring up with Aaron Rodgers, it did come out today because they asked him about, you know, there's been a lot of talk about should the Packers see Jordan Love and see what he can do for the rest of the season. And surprisingly, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers said that he would be open to that idea if the Packers were no longer in contention. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure the Packers are no longer in contention. I mean, they have yeah. four wins. They would they have to win out to get to nine and eight for the season, which is going to be the absolute bare minimum it's going to take to be able to make the playoffs in the NFC. I mean, it's, it, I thought it was a very interesting comment by him. I thought it was a little weird. Maybe he's signing his way out the door already. 
Like, I'm not sure. It was it it seems so weird to me and so unlike Aaron Rodgers for the entire rest of his career that we've heard from him. Yeah, that is honestly very interesting. And I see what you're saying about him owning the Bears, but his highest point total this season is nineteen. Yeah. Absolutely struggling. He has number fourteen quarterback in, you know, uh half PPR leagues right now. So he's hanging around doing his best Kirk Cousins impression, honestly. Being pretty consistent, but not scoring <laughs> that many points. Kirk Cousins of old, I guess you would say. But yeah. I I guess he has a, he has a great floor. It's a high floor, but you can't really expect much from him. If he gives you twenty points, it's gonna be extremely unlikely. He did play the Bears earlier this season. Only had um I guess not only well, he had fifteen points, two touchdowns. Yeah. They only threw the ball twenty five times. This was before Justin Fields was killing it. So ah, I just don't expect much from him this week. Definitely a nice yeah. four though. You know, and honestly, like I said, like I think he's a decent streaming option, but there's so little need for a streaming option this week that you probably don't have to go with him, and there's probably better options. Yep. And on the opposite end, you know, Aaron Rodgers hasn't really been lighting it up on in fantasy leagues, but Christian Watson has. He continues to score touchdowns. He now has six in the last three weeks. I saw an interesting stat the other day that he has more touchdowns this season than... I can't remember the players, but like five relevant fancy players who were drafted way, way higher than him. So do we see this usage like continuing, increasing? Like how do we feel about you know Christian Watson moving forward? Is he a sit it, like set it and forget it type of player? I don't think he's there yet. I mean, the touchdowns obviously we know can't continue. We know this. Like everyone should know this. If you're banking on him scoring a touchdown every week, you're you know, might want to go see a doctor because that's just insane. Um, go to Tua's doctor, get your head checked. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but he's getting good usage. I mean, he's in the last three games, and you know, on this run of touchdowns, he has gotten a minimum of six targets. He has a total of 26 in the three games. Um, or I'm sorry, 24 in the three games. And it's just, I like the usage that it's there. Um, yard is mostly behind it in the, in two of those games, he had over 100 yards. So I think I don't think he's a sit it and forget it guy, but I think he's a very good flex play and he should be again this week in Chicago. Yep, I'm rocking with that. AJ Dillon, he exists. He finally looked yeah. like the running back we thought he would be preseason. Finally had a good game. He did only have eight carries, but he got sixty four yards and a touchdown. And he had three catches for twenty four yards, just a little cherry on top. Would you be willing to play him against the Bears? I personally am. No, I'm not. It's one game in 12 weeks. I know. <laughs> I know. And the last time that they played the Bears back, all the way back in week two, he actually got a really good workload of 18 carries, but only was able to manage 61 yards um, for a 3.39 yard average with only one catch. So I don't love that. He's clearly behind. Obviously, we know that he's behind Aaron Jones and, and on the depth chart has been his entire career. And, well, while we continue to be so. And then on top of that, he is also now dealing with a quad injury. And he he did oh. practice today. He practiced limitedly. So that's obviously a good sign that he will be ready to be able to play. Um, So it's hard to say. It should also be noted, though, Aaron Jones is also dealing with it with an injury. Um, he was, has a shin and glute injury. It's an 
interesting uh, combination there. Yeah. But um, <laughs> and I'm not sure if he practices it. Let me double check that real quick. Well, he was I don't know if you know, but the, the shin bone is connected to the glute bone, or wherever that song goes. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, yeah, he they they both practice limited days. So it means they're probably still both going to play. Luckily, it's against the Bears. So I mean, if you need a if you're really hurting for a flex option, maybe because of injuries other than just the bye week, then I think you could go AJ Dillon. But I think it's a low end play, and you're really grasping at straws, hoping he scores a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally with you. you. You can't really expect it to happen twice in a row at this point in the season with his usage. Let's talk about the Bears. You know, the biggest thing we're worried about on the Bears side of the ball is if Justin Fields is going to play. He did practice limited on Wednesday, and according to you know his head coach Eberflus, Eberflus. Well, I don't know how you say his last name. Eberflus. I think it's Eberflus. Eberflus. That's a made up name, but that's cool. Um. <laughs> He is, uh, he said Justin Fields is making progress, which, uh, no shit. That's, <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's I thought. That's the way injuries it. work. Yeah. So, uh, you really got to monitor Justin Fields, you know, definitely keep, keep track of what's going on with, uh, his practice on Thursday. If you have him on your team right now, things aren't looking too good. And if he doesn't play, that really affects the entire team. So let's talk about the running game though. You know, since Khalil Herbert's been placed on IR two weeks ago, Dave Montgomery is just doing what Dave Montgomery thinks. Finishing top 24, being a starting running back, which we pretty much knew was going to happen. And I think he's going to have a pretty good game against his Packers defense. Whether or not Justin Fields is playing, he's going to be involved. So he's going to definitely be a, a top 24 running back again. Yeah, I would say so. I mean... We've said it a few times. The Packers defense has been pretty underwhelming this year compared to the expectations they had. Um, and they're really getting beat beat up on the, on the ground. They are the seventh worst defense against running backs, giving up almost 24 points a game. So David Montgomery should be in line for a very, very good day. That's what I like to hear. One of my preseason favorites, let me some David Montgomery, said that it takes, or it takes Khalil Herbert. Khalil, God, I'm killing it right now. Khalil Herbert being, you know, put on IR for him to kind of emerge. But, yeah, he's definitely a solid running back to have. Let's talk about the Jaguars going into Detroit to play the Lions. The Jaguars are one-point favorites. I think that's dumb. The over-under is 51.5 points, probably the highest over-under of any of these morning games that we're talking about, which is interesting. So, you know, on the Jaguars side of the ball, Travis Etienne, he did leave the game. And it was, you know, put out there that he could have returned to the game, but head coach Doug Peterson did not want him to come back into the game. Did you see that? Yeah, they wanted to play it safe. You know, he's obviously a big part of their future, and why go out there and risk him getting injured, you know, right away? Yeah, exactly. And this is a team that's not necessarily in playoff contention, but you got to, you know, protect your future assets, right? So ETN did have a limited practice on Wednesday. And Doug Peterson said that he feels pretty good about Travis Etienne's chances to play this Sunday. But at this point, you know, if they're if they're out of the playoff race, it wouldn't be surprising if they don't play him. They they don't really have a reason to rush him back. Right. Yeah, I think it's going to be all based off of the way he feels, though. I mean, all signs are pointing to the fact to this being a very minimal injury and we're to the point where 
you know, like he'll just tape it up and be just fine when it comes to Sundays. So if there's no real risk of him re-injuring it, um, you know, against the Lions, then I think he'll probably he'll probably go. Okay. I'm with you on that. And if he doesn't go, Jermichael Hayes, he's obviously the, the next guy up. Real big wave wire pick this week. Um, probably the most popular one as far as you know running backs go right now. Uh, speaking of popular waiver wire pickups, Zay Jones, someone we've talked about a decent amount of times on this podcast. If you did get him off of the waiver wire, are you going to throw him into your lineup? You have any hesitation about that? He's getting a decent amount of work lately. Uh, honestly, I have zero hesitation on throwing him in. This is against the Lions, who, you know, we've said it a hundred times. They are one of the worst defenses uh, the league has ever seen. It's like historically a bad defense. Um, and it's not like the Jaguars defense is a whole lot better. Or, I mean, they're they're better, but like they're not playing great either. So this is going to be a high-scoring game. There's going to be a lot of points to be had. And it's one of those. I think it's one of those games where like you might as well just throw as many people into it as you can because someone's going to you know, probably give you a touchdown. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, speaking of limited practices, apparently Zay Jones did have a limited practice along with ETN on Wednesday. But the expectation is that he's going to be fully good to go on Sunday. So I'm with you on that. He He's definitely an interesting play this week. Let's talk about DeAndre Swift. Oh, I love talking about DeAndre Swift. It's my fucking favorite thing to do. <laughs> he, he's only scored... Double digit points one time since he returned from injury. I think if he's healthy, he is worth playing as much shit as I talk about him. When he's healthy and gets usage, he's very worthy of being in your lineup. But, you know, you got to be apprehensive about the rest of the season, but take advantage of it. You got to get it, get it while the getting's good. Yeah, I mean, and he is getting... When it comes to the backfield, he's getting all the passing work. Jamal Williams isn't pat- getting any work um, there. Basically, though, right, right now, DeAndre Swift is being regaled down to a third down back, um, which kind of sucks. He's, he's much more talented than that. But it is what it is. Luckily, he's getting just enough work to be flex-worthy as a just a third down back. Uh, but as I just said with Jay jo- Zay Jones, this is going to be a high-scoring game. There's a very good chance DeAndre Swift has um, a very good game in this, as well as Jamal Williams. That is a good point. He has a, a, which sounds horrible, DeAndre Swift has a decent floor right now, about eight points, basically being a third-down running back, like you were saying, and with the running back situation being as shitty as it has been lately, at least flex-worthy. Got to throw him out there, and it should be a high-scoring game. So, yeah, you put it pretty perfectly there. Let's talk about our next game here, the New York Jets. Going into Minnesota to play the Vikings. This should be a pretty interesting game, I think. Mm-hmm. The Vikings are three-point favorites. The over-under is 45.5 points. And last week, Mike White lit it up. A name that we did see last year pop up, and he lit it up one time before. He did you know, do very good against Chicago last week. I personally do not expect Mike White to repeat it. I think the same thing's going to happen that happened last year. You know, he came out, had a very good game as a backup after an injury. And then maybe it's cliche, but maybe the, the film comes out on him or something, but he has that one good game and then it, just, it doesn't happen again. And that's what happened last year. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, obviously you're not rushing to throw him into your lineup by any means. Um, it's really more, how does his play affect the rest of this offense? Last week, we saw his connection with Garrett Wilson be extremely strong. 
um, as it was also building with Zach Wilson, you know, prior to that. So like Garrett Wilson, I think it's just at this point. Um, Quarterback proof. Kind of. Yeah. His talent is just, it overrides whoever's throwing him the ball. Like he's just too damn talented to not have out there. And so I think Garrett Wilson is a guy that you should be able to rely on um, for the rest of the season. If you haven't already been, I mean, I know he's been doing this for the last, honestly, what, four or five games he's had mostly very good games i think you can rely on that going going Mm -hmm. forward for the rest of the season yeah he's looked really good yeah him and chris alave and who are we just talking about the rookie receiver um pickens oh george pickens yeah extremely impressive once again another good rookie receiver class going on here christian watson i guess you could throw into there also and romeo dubs but um dobbs dobbs whatever (laughs) whatever uh, <laughs> no, honestly, it's. I feel like we should just get used to that. It seems like it's every year for I think five or six, maybe even eight years. We've like this is a good, really good receiving core coming out of the draft this year. Yeah, it's been happening. And if you're a dynasty player, man, you better be snagging these guys up in the first round because it, apparently it's just a thing now in the NFL. Get them top tier receivers. But the most interesting part about this game between the Jets and the Vikings to me is the Jets backfield. So Michael Carter did not practice on Wednesday. Robert Sala, the coach, did say he's hopeful that Michael Carter will play, which every coach says. Um, But last week, James Robinson, apparently he was healthy, and they told him that they're not going to play him before last week's game. There was a recent ESPN article that came out. He was talking about how he was very upset that they didn't play him, even though he was healthy. So... Moving forward, this backfield this week, you you got to monitor what's going on. And let's just say Michael Carter and James Robinson do return. I'm avoiding this whole backfield. If they don't play, neither of them, it looks like it's going to be a committee between Zonovan Knight and Ty Johnson. You kind of pick up what I'm putting down here? Yeah, for sure. I did see see something that it was a beat writer said that um, from what he heard, Zonovan? Is that what it is? (laughs) Zonovan, like Donovan Donovan. Z. Zonovan, I was like, yeah, that Zonovan they said has earned apparently after one game has earned more carries in this offense, regardless of who's healthy and who's not. So that makes just it this backfield even more muddled, um, which sucks. And I, I, you know, I just want to throw. I don't understand why there's like why teams and are have so much hate towards James Robinson. Like, what has he ever done besides come in as an undrafted running back? And just play really good football. Like, that's all he's done. Whenever yeah. he gets his, his opportunity to be a starter, he just puts up numbers. That's all he does. And then, like, every time, he, then, you know, the Jaguars are like, well, we have ETN, so we're going to give him the rock, and we're going to say, sorry, James Robinson. Then, so they trade him to to New York, and even though he's, in my eyes, when I look at the tape, clearly the more talented running back between him and Michael Carter, they're like, oh, no, here's Michael Carter. Yep. Like, I don't understand the hate towards James Robinson. Like, is there something about his personality that the teams just don't like? I don't know. There's got to be something going on, definitely. You know, when it comes to him, they're definitely, when it comes to James, they're Robin's son of his time, <laughs> okay? They'd be Robin. So uh, Robert Sala did say, I thought that was an interesting quote, that there's a lot of meat left on the bone when it comes to the running back room. So apparently he just is very faithful in how deep their running back group is. Well, sh- shit, I mean, he should be, especially when next year when Bryce Hall comes back. 
or Brees Hall, I'm sorry. Um, you, you also have three yeah. very talented running backs there. Um, if you you know that's not including Zonovan. I almost said that. I was messing <laughs> I don't up know again. why you're struggling with that so bad. <laughs> I don't know why. I just want to. It's just, I've never seen it before. It's confusing me. Um, so I mean, they're gonna have Zay a lot of Donovan Knight. Yeah, I don't know. They're gonna have a lot of talent there. It's gonna be harder to decipher. I just I don't know. I'm a James Robinson fan. I like I like guys that are undrafted come in and make a name for themselves in the league, but they can't do it. With teams don't give them the chance to. And James Robinson's clearly proven that he's a very good running back and a very productive running back. So something should change. I hope he finds a home that, you know, actually respects him. I'm totally with you. So with all of that stuff being said, everything we just covered, <laughs> my soapbox. Are you, well, well, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm I'm with you on the soapbox. I'm like a I'm on a smaller one. I'm on a step so behind you. <laughs> but how do we approach this backfield this week? It's it's a weird one. I obviously you monitor Michael Carter progress. Um James Robinson might play. They they sat him out willingly last week. It's very confusing. It, if I was someone who had anyone like any of these guys on my roster, those two guys, Donovan Knight, Ty Johnson, I'm hoping I don't have to play them. Yeah, honestly, if I'm the one of the guys that like that picked up Zonovan Knight on the waiver wire, I hope that Michael Carter doesn't play, and then you see that James Robinson is then active again. Because if either one of them are playing, God knows what happens in this backfield. Um, th- I mean, th- it's almost one of those things like there's just too many mouths to feed if they're all active, and then mm-hmm. so you can't really play any of them. Um, who knows what to do? We just monitor it closely if you do have one of those three guys and just see what happens. It might end up being something you don't know about until you know Sunday morning before they play the game. Definitely. I don't think I've been this confused about a backfield all season. It, it, this <laughs> week is weird for the Jets. You definitely got to see what's going on. Like It's one of those scenes like Sunday morning, you're drinking your coffee, and you just got to see what the hell's going on. Who's been practicing? Who's actually going to play? All those kind of things. Uh, let's talk about the Viking side of the ball, though. Adam Thielen had his best game of the season last week against the Patriots. And, you know, the Patriots are good against receivers, but Adam Thielen took advantage of it. And really, the, the receiving game for the Vikings in total had very good games against the Patriots, which is very rare. But this week, moving forward, how do we feel about them against the Jets? Justin Jefferson, I think, obviously, a must start. Adam Thielen is questionable. TJ Hawkinson, I think, is a must start. Yeah, it's just, it's hard to say. I mean, I'm. it was surprising to see all three guys have very good games against the Patriots, which are supposed to be, it was supposed to be a bad matchup. Obviously, I mentioned, you know, when we were talking about the Patriots earlier, the only weak spot in their defense is against tight ends. So I guess Hawkinson having a good game isn't that surprising. But, and neither is Justin Jefferson because he's Justin Jefferson, right? But Adam Thielen has been a super, you know, fringy flex player this season. And he went out there and had a really good game against a very good, a bad matchup, you know, when it comes to the receivers. So, it's hard to say. I think I'm going to rely on what I've seen on all season, though, and I'm okay rolling with Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. And Thielen, I'm going to continue to bench. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I got a Thielen that it ain't going to happen. So, yeah, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, 100% agree. Let's talk about the next game. Washington Commanders. Going into New York, got another Northeast matchup. A lot of Northeast matchups in this uh, in these early games. Yep. Going into New York to play the Giants. 
The Commanders are two and a half point favorites. The over-under is 40 and a half points. And once again, what the hell are we going to do with the Commanders' backfield? It was Antonio Gibson time for a couple weeks. Last week, it was Brian Robinson time. So, what are we doing? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. You thought you were confused about the Jets' backfield. Shit, man. This one, I'm honest, At least it's, it's only like, two guys. Yeah, that's that. But now, but then it's even harder because like you're you're just flipping a coin. You're like, which one is it going to be? And you have no idea what what it's going to be. Because at least when it, at least with the Jets, it's so muddled. I'm I can just be like, fuck it, I'm not going to play any of them, right? Because it's it's too hard. In this situation, like you know, you're like, I have to play one of them. I need to play one of them. I want to play one of them. But who? And that's the hard part. Well, to me, God, it it is very confusing. My gut tells me Brian Robinson because he gets most of the running work, plays more snaps, but Antonio Gibson consistently gets work in the receiving game, which keeps him in that flex conversation. Brian Robinson, you know, he did have three targets last week. He didn't even have a target in the passing game since week nine before that. Exactly. He has seven targets in eight games this year three or five of those games he didn't even get a, a, a receiving target so my gut is antonio gibson even though brian robinson gets more carries <laughs> yeah it's tough and i mean and the giants have been a decent defense most of the year um but they are they're not great against running backs they're, they're middle of the pack so it it is hard to say uh i i truly think it is a a coin flip here though i think and obviously most people aren't gonna have both guys on their team um that would actually might make the decision slightly easier because you could li- literally flip a coin just like all right go with that if you're a guy like probably most people are where you only have one of them you're deciding like should i put him into my into my starting lineup versus somebody else on your team that's you know not in the commander's backfield then it makes it i think more difficult so i think I'm okay. I, I think if you need, if you're, you know, in a, in a tough position to flex them, either one of them, I think I'm okay doing so. I don't love it, um, but against the matchup, I think I'm okay flexing both of them. Yeah, and I can, I can agree with that. There's a couple of leagues where I'm struggling with running backs, and I do have Brian Robinson, and I don't even like really think about it. I just throw him in as my second running back, just because the injuries that have happened. You know, I had Javante Williams on one team. Yeah, obviously he's out for the year. I got Brian Robinson to throw in there. I'm not confident about it, but I'm not going to find anything better on the waiver wire. So that's true. That's a good point. I'm with you on that one. Uh, Scary Terry getting consistent work, but he did disappoint last week. Really, the last two weeks, pretty uh, pretty down weeks for him. You know, he had about seven and a half fantasy points in the last two games. Uh, in each game. Are you hesitating to start him against the Giants? I don't think I am, just because of the amount of work he's getting and the fact that he's pretty much on the field the entire time, running the most routes for this team. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. It's more I wanted to bring him up just so people didn't get like scared about like, oh, he's had a couple of bad weeks and you know, maybe I should go someplace else. Like, stick to the script. He gets way too much usage to to put him on your bench. Even with the two, you know, subpar games in recent weeks. He's still the wide receiver 16 on the season. So he, the dude's put in work. Yeah, he's definitely still worthy. Uh, can't expect, you know, the world from him, but 
he's got a good floor at the least on a offense that is that good. So he's he's pretty solid. Let's talk about the Giants though. Ugh. God, that's always <laughs> fun. Obviously Saquon Bar or Saquon Barkley, I do it every time. Yes, you do. <laughs> Whatever, dude. It's it's Saquon. Like I said, I talked to his mom and she told me it's Saquon. So <laughs> Uh, besides him, you know, it, it's very much a toss-up on this offense. We talked about Darius Slayton last week about possibly being a flex player, and he looks like he is the best option in this passing game. But right now, Richie James is emerging, which is like the most giant shit ever. It's always the most random person who has a couple good games. <laughs> it really is. Like, who is this guy? Like, <laughs> anyways, like, how do you feel about their their receiving options this week? I don't know. I will tell you this. Richie James looks like a SoundCloud rapper. No, Richie James. Yeah, it's not, yeah, SoundCloud rapper or like a, <laughs> a a movie cop or something. I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> it's his dreads, he, dude. With it, the way his dreads look in his profile picture, he looks like he got a spider on his head. Oh, shout out to Richie James, aka the Brown <laughs> Recluse. <laughs> that, that might have sounded kind of racial, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Not meant, not meant that way. Um, no, <laughs> the Black Widow. Okay. Anyways, yeah. all right. Um, I mean, obviously, obviously, I don't love either one of their prospects for the week. There's so few guys on waiver wire or on. I'm sorry, on bye week or injury when it comes to receivers. You have no need to really consider either one of them. If you do, then you'd have to be in a very, very deep league or be just decimated, like you had the worst injury look of you know of a team all season. So I think you're probably fine just benching both of them. Darius Slayton or Scariest Terry? Oh, it's Scary Terry. <laughs> it's not even a question. Come on. Yeah, I, I just figured I'd fucking fuck around for a <laughs> second. Scariest Terry? Yeah, well, because I said Darius. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Darius or Scariest. But yeah, okay, so. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much wraps up that game. Let's talk yeah, about let's the forward. Broncos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Broncos are going into Baltimore to play the Ravens. So many games in the Northeast. Damn. Uh, the Ravens are eight point favorites, which makes sense because the Broncos blow. The over under is 38 and a half points. And it, it's pretty clear at this point. We, we called it you know last week, especially after they released Melvin Gordon, that Latavius Murray is the unquestioned RB1 in this offense. And even though they are like one of the lowest scoring offenses in the league, that does make him extremely valuable in a pretty scarce running back uh, situation. Yeah, I mean, it, it's no doubt. It's very rarely in the league are we seeing guys dominate carries and and touches and, and you know, snap share in general, like we're going to see Latavius Murray do for the rest of the season. So, um, should be should be good. Go, go, go Latavius. Real quick, did you hear about this stuff about Russell Wilson that came out today? Because people are wondering if like. He's not liked in his locker room because, like, you know, they, there's the clip of the defensive lineman yelling at him on the sidelines this last weekend. I saw the clip of the lineman, and I think you're talking about the fact that he had a birthday party and only yes. half of the team showed up. Well, they said that at least half. Well, it depends on which, it depends on what what tweet you're looking at because some people are making fun of it. Um, but the actual tweet from Sierra, his wife, which isn't probably the greatest source either because obviously she's having. She's trying to have it, have it her husband's back. She said that at the birthday party, more than half the team was there. Um, and obviously, Can she on count any, that high though. 
I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, obviously, on any team, you're not going to have everybody show up. Like, you're not going to be, be cool with everybody. And people have other events and family and lives to deal with, right? So, I just thought... We're talking like, about 60 grown men. Yeah. Yeah. I was just driving home the point that you said. People have lives. <laughs> things happen. Like, you expect 60 yeah. grown men to show up to something. You're it's just... fucking hope for the moon. I know. But the thing, the thing about it that that felt so weird to me is that like his wife felt the need to have to come out and try to defend him like this, which I don't know. I get a weird feeling about that. Like one, she could be just straight lying, um, you know, to try to defend him, or two, he can't just come out and say that like I'm playing badly. This is on me, and like try to gain some respect within the locker room. So I don't know where it goes. The whole thing seems seems weird as this whole season has been for this team. Something is clearly going to change drastically in the offseason. I would not be surprised if Nathaniel Hackett uh, is a one-and-done type of coach. Oh, yeah, I'm totally with you. It, it seems like Russell is getting a little crucified at the moment. Um. But if we're being honest, probably rightfully so. He's not playing very good. He's very egotistic and kind of out there on social media. So you're kind of asking for it by being out there so much. Yeah, yeah I don't want to dive into it too much because we're, you know, we're, we're here for the fantasy football aspect. But if your wife's coming to your defense, um, it is definitely a red flag. <laughs> yeah, it just, it seemed a little a little off for whatever reason. I don't know. And if you have someone yelling at you on the sidelines, um, this is probably a bad example, but like, have you ever seen someone yell, like a teammate yell at like Peyton Manning? You know, like if you have a certain presence in the locker room, people are not going to approach you like that in public, especially during That's a, a good game. Point. That's a good point. But so at some it, time, you know, emotions do, do rise. Like I, locker room. I actually, they showed a clip on Monday night of, because they're talking about Jeff Saturday, and obviously he was, Peyton Manning center for a long time of those two actually getting into on in on the sideline like yelling at each other so it certainly does happen emotions are, get crazy on game day that makes sense that's a that's a decent counter but that is also a closer relationship than a quarterback and a defensive lineman yeah it feels like there'd be a lot more animosity between Russell Wilson and whoever the defensive lineman was that yelled at him Purcell was his name Purcell. I thought it was the Samoan. But anyways. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Purcell. Let's talk about the receivers that Russell can throw the ball to. (laughs) Jerry Judy and uh, KJ Hamler, they still haven't practiced. They've been missing time for a while, especially Jerry Judy. And in the meantime, Cortland Sutton is averaging about 10 fantasy points per game, which really isn't that bad considering how shitty the Broncos have been playing. So, um, you know, in the last three weeks, Sutton is averaging 10 fantasy points per game. He's a decent flex play, in my opinion. I'm not really looking at you know, Greg Dulcich. He was a little bit of a darling for a second. Uh, he's not anymore. Major uh, Dulcich. A dull situation going on with Dulcich. <laughs> Let me just say that. Okay. <laughs> Someone you can't look at. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you. I mean,. They just, just not very good. And I was right. His name was Mike Purcell, by the way. Just, yeah. Mike Purcell. Okay. 
Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, to him back for... to the receivers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cortland Sutton. Um, yeah, I mean, this offense is just so unexplosive and so high school-esque that you can't rely on any of the receivers right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Cortland Sutton barely a flex to me if I had him on my team. It's really Latavius Murray or bust in this offense at this point. Yeah, and especially now, like we said, we've mentioned it multiple times already. There's so few guys on bye week that you need to worry about. You should have a better option than Cortland Sun. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about another offense that's been underperforming, honestly, is the Ravens. As far as the running back situation goes, you know, last week, Gus Edwards, he was the dominant running back. He had 16 carries for 51 yards and a touchdown, which is ironic, in my opinion, that the dominant running back had 16 carries. And that stat line, you know, 50 carries for or 50 yards for a touchdown, but no other running back had more than two carries on this offense. And J.K. Dobbins did return to practice this week, but he is still not even on the active roster. So it still looks like it's the Gus Edwards show. You got to start Gus Edwards, right? I mean, yeah, there's a guy to start. It's going to be him. And, you know, since they activated J.K. Dobbins, they now have, you know, 21 days to put him to the active roster or you know, keep him out for the rest of the season. So, um, yep. you know, returning to practice is like the kind of the first step in the process. But even then, the way he was running to begin the season and how much of a committee this backfield's been, even when J.K. comes back, you're not going to be, re- be able to rely him on rely on him in a fantasy, you know, ma- uh, manner. Yeah, but until then, I think you can rely on Gus Edwards. So maybe, you know, this week, maybe next week. I doubt three weeks from now, but, you know, it seems to be the guy you can trust in this backfield. You know, Lamar Jackson, uh, he actually left practice early today with a possible injury. There hasn't been any official word of what's going on, but he did leave the field with team trainers. So once again, like I've been saying on this podcast today, you got to just monitor that progress, see what's going on with him. But he did leave Hmm. practice early with team trainers. They said it was a quad injury. injury. Oh, I didn't know it was a quad injury. So, I mean, you got to just monitor the progress, I guess. Things are moving forward. Morning time games. Maybe you have to find a replacement for Lamar Jackson. Maybe get yourself the poor man's version and get Marcus Mariota. (laughs) I mean, he'll probably play just based off of kind of what I'm seeing right now. But, yeah, certainly it's it's never, you know, a good sign when somebody gets hurt in the middle of the week at practice, like, you know, game days, obviously one thing, but man, it's scary when it happens midweek. Yeah. I thought that was interesting that that happened today. So if you have Lamar Jackson in your lineup, you definitely want to keep an eye on that. See what's going on. Check every day. See what's going on with Lamar. Um, Real quick. Let's talk about the receivers. There's not much going on. Uh, Devin Duvernay. He has with the wide receiver one, as far as like snaps played, but he has less than eight fantasy points in the last three games combined. It it kind of reminds me of the Denver side of the ball, where like really it's the running back or bust, Gus Edwards. Yeah, which really sucks. Even Mark Andrews hasn't been great the last few weeks. I mean, he's been good, you know, nine and eight points apiece, but like not the 15, 16 type points we are used to having him do. Right, yeah, obviously he's a start, like a must start, but yeah, yeah obviously, definitely lackluster lately. The, the whole offense in general is just a lot, uh, 
a lot less than we what we would expect from the Ravens, definitely in the preseason. So let's talk about our last game of the week here. We got the Cleveland Browns going down to Houston. They're going to play the Texans. The Browns are seven-point favorites. over under is 47 points. And this is probably the news of the week, the topic of the week. Deshaun Watson, a.k.a. Massage Watson, that's what <laughs> I like to call him. He will start this Sunday. It's going to be the first game that he's started in or played in since 2020. God, that seems like a lifetime ago at this point. It kind of was. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's been two years. And yeah, he's going up against a Houston defense that is on paper deceivingly good against quarterbacks. They allow the third fewest points to quarterbacks. But as we know, the Texans have one of the worst records in the league. So that's probably a result of them playing from behind. So teams are not really trying to throw the ball against them anyways. Yeah, I mean, they've been so we bad against the run that like you don't even have to attempt to throw the ball against them. Yeah, exactly. So they're really probably not as good against quarterbacks as we think. And we talked about this before the podcast started that you, know, you picked up Deshaun Watson this week because you have a quarterback on bye week. Yeah. How good do you feel about it? I don't love it. Um, but, I mean, I said it, you know, last, I think last week and probably the week before that, like when he comes back, is it a high-risk play? Yeah, but it's a high-risk, high-reward type of play. I mean, he's that kind of player. Who knows what he looks like? He hasn't played in two full seasons. You know, I mean, that's that's crazy. And, like, obviously it wasn't because of injury, so you think he should be healthy, whatever, but, I mean, Obviously, you have to worry about the speed of the game and him being able to recognize certain things, you know, in a timely manner is worrisome. But I mean, before he missed these last two seasons, he did finish as the QB five, three straight years. So obviously everyone knows the talents there um, before the suspension, all this stuff happened. I mean, a lot of people were picking him as an MVP candidate, you know, going to that next season. He was so good. He has the lowly tech. He had the lowly Texans who were not a good team, clearly without him in the playoffs. That's how good Deshaun Watson is. So, yeah, he is a very high-risk, high-reward type of play. And I had Kyler Murray on by this week, so I picked him up, and I'm going to play that high-risk, high-reward game. Yeah, I'm with you. I'll be honest. Uh, in a selfish way, I hope he comes back and eats shit, but I would not be surprised at all if he comes back and does pretty good. This can be a rusty game, but, yeah, he's definitely an interesting person to have in your lineup. Especially I mean, if Kyler Murray's out. Even if he plays like adequately for the rest of the season, that's all I would need to know to know to know that he still has it. Because I would almost guarantee you going then into next season, he's going to be a stud again. Yeah, th- these last few weeks, um, you know, five weeks that we have in the season here are going to be very, very telling, especially how we approach the draft next year with Sean Watson. Yeah, that's a good absolutely. Point. So, um, obviously, you know, Nick Chubb is a must-star. I would say Kareem Hunt is not. He just hasn't been getting that many points. He's looked okay, but he's just not really. He's not scoring points. So, not someone I'm looking at. Obviously, Amari Cooper is a must-star. As far as their tight ends go, you know, Njoku did have a really solid game last week, but he suffered another knee injury. And it's unrelated to his most recent knee injury that kept him out, you know, the last few weeks. So once again, David Njoku's injured. 
Is there anyone that we really want to talk about on this offense? That well, I, I mean, obviously, Amari, Amari Cooper. Um, you know, he should needs to be in your lineup as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's a must start. And it's tough against the God. Texans because they it's so easy to run the ball against them. But he's playing too well to not have him in your lineup. Yeah, I'm with you. He's obviously game planned in their offense, so I think he's kind of quarterback proof at this point. Hopefully, Deshaun Watson doesn't come in and completely shit the bed. But we'll see what happens. This is going to be a very interesting game as far as the morning games go. This is probably one of the uh, probably going to be one of the most watched games. Oh yeah, it's super intriguing. Deshaun Watson's back. It's a revenge game for him as well. I mean the the schedule makers uh, had like godlike predictability when it came to how long Deshaun Watson would be uh, suspended for, and then to put this game right for when his first game back. So it's fun that way. There's no coincidences in the NFL. This definitely happened uh, not by accident. I'll just say that. I mean, you, would, you would think so, <laughs> but, I mean, it's crazy. It, it's, I just say, like, that's, that's pretty crazy. Oh, it's so crazy, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... <laughs> It's definitely interesting how that worked out. So, yeah, that pretty much wraps up, you know, our morning games episode. Well, talking about our starts of the week. Is there got, anyone else you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, so it's been he's been a set-it-and-forget-it type of guy for the entire season. But Damian Pierce only has a total of 15 carries in the last two games. What the hell oh, happened? That's a good point. Yeah, what is going on there? Is he that, has a total uh, of five points. Burkhead? No, Burkhead's been out the last two games, and he's probably out again this week because he has a concussion. And then the third string back is Dare Agumbawale, and he's not playing either. Like, the Texans are well, all trying to stop running the ball. Is it a game script kind of thing? They did play, you know, Miami last week, a very good defense. Obviously, they were getting absolutely fucking destroyed. They've and... been getting destroyed pretty much every game, though. And they've been they're still running the ball. I mean... 15 carries combined the last two weeks. There's only been two games all season that he had less than 15 carries, and he's only done he's done that combined in two games. I think a, a bigger thing to say about him having 15 carries is the fact that he has 16 yards on those 15 carries. Yeah, I mean, and his averages haven't been stellar this season. I mean, he's getting hit in the backfield almost immediately on every play. Like, it's... His yards before contact, I think, is the worst in the league for any, you know, qualified running back in terms of the amount of touches they have. So like he's getting destroyed in the backfield. But is there concern that maybe one, the punishment he's taking from getting hit so early, and two, him being a rookie and him maybe possibly hitting that rookie wall, that this might be kind of the end of the line for Damian Pierce on this season? Oh, you're bringing up some good points. I would. Probably throw him out one more week. I mean, the th- the problem is like, you know, Cleveland's been okay defensively. Um, they give up a ton of points to running backs, though. So if he's gonna have one good game, it better be this week because the week after that he has Dallas, and we know how Dallas defense has been this year. So he needs to have a good game this week. Otherwise, I'm super concerned for the rest of the season. Yeah, but I'd already be concerned for the rest of the season. But you know, when they played the you know the Dolphins and the Commanders the last two weeks, it was negative game script, so they weren't really forced to run that much. I know the stats look horrible, but he has proven what he can what he can do 
even when they are losing. I think they just completely abandoned running the ball the last two games because they were instantly losing the game and just playing from so far behind. Could be, but that doesn't sound like a Lovey Smith team to me. Oh, good old Lovey. Grew up watching him when I was younger as uh, someone in a Bears fan family. It's uh, th- their offense in general. He's not an offense guy. He's, he's not. He's a defense guy. That's why they like to run the ball. Yeah. Control the clock. You, know, you, can't, you can't run the ball, control the clock when you're getting fucking blown out in the I know. fucking second quarter. I know. So. I'm with you, though. It's it's concerning. Um, I hope he has a good game this week because then it will, you know, relieve this concern I have. But uh, if he doesn't, he has another bad game, especially that bad of a game against Cleveland. I think he might be done for the year. Ooh. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, most likely done for most of the year. But he, he is number 16 on the season. The last two weeks are really looking bad for him. That's definite. But, yeah, so this week, are you not starting Damian Pierce if you have one on your team? No, no, I'm still putting him out there. I'm just saying I'm concerned for the rest of the year. Yeah, now I'm concerned. Your concern is concerning <laughs> me. So I know. I would say this. If he has a bad game against Cleveland, I'm not going to put him in, in my lineup against Dallas the following week. That's for sure. Yeah, things are trending down. You know, he hasn't scored a touchdown in six weeks. He did have a nice little streak going for three weeks early in the season. It's it's getting rough out here for the Texans. That's for damn sure. So, yeah, that's going to wrap up the episode, I believe, now, right? Talk about yes, our concern sir. for Damian Pierce. Now it got me awkward. I'm going to think about it as I'm falling asleep tonight. <laughs> God damn it. So, yeah, uh, thank you for listening. If you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Make sure you like and subscribe. And if you're feeling frisky, five stars, rate us. Just give us five stars. Be nice. We're getting towards the holiday season. Do your thing. Be, be our Santa. Drop us a little <laughs> gift of five stars, baby. So, yeah, thank you for listening. We're going to come out on Friday with our late game, Star Wars Sits, which is going to cover Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, and Monday night football. And that's going to pretty much round out week 13. We're cruising through the season right now. It's crazy. Playoffs are so, right yeah. around the corner. Oh, they're creeping. Where do they start? Week 15, 14. So either, it depends on your league, but yeah, week 14 or 15. Yeah, if you're in a good league, they should start week 15. I think, it, I believe, right? I think so. Because this week, with you know having the this the extra game, it should go weeks uh, 15, 16, 17 as your main playoffs. But you know, yep. if you're in a bigger league that maybe you have a, a, a deeper playoff spot, they might start a week early, but more than likely, it'll be week 15. Oh, we're creeping. Oh, it's coming up. Time's crunching. So, yeah, thank you for listening. If you want some more advice on what's going on, just hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers. I know I just said it, but I'm going to say it again. Reminder. So, no reminder. I'm going to remind her all the time, baby. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you for listening, and we will see you tomorrow with our late game starts of the week. Bye.